I'm Julie. I'm Amy. I'm Peter. And it's time to pucker up. So on this very special episode of the Pucker Up podcast, we are joined by Peter Hassett from Russian Machine Never Breaks. Yay! Welcome, Peter. Thank you for having me. I, I, I've listened to your other episodes and... I feel like we're pals, we're drinking buddies. It's 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 good to have a chat with you guys. Thank you for having me. So, Peter, one of the things that we always ask when people come on our podcast, the first thing is we want to know how you got into hockey and how you ended up a Caps fan. It's a kind of easy story. I used to have like a, a pretty story, like a cool story about it. And then I just settled on, I watched my Ducks and I thought it was cool. My friends play like street hockey. I thought that was neat. I just liked how fast you moved and I liked rollerblades. And so that was that was it for a few years and then maybe in like the mid 90s i started going into games caps games i think i went to a couple games and like skipjacks games in baltimore um r.i.p to a real one and then i fell in love with the caps i say like 99 2000 probably is when i like became instead of a hockey fan like a caps fan specifically so after their their cup run when like chris simon was on the team bonder is still scoring a bunch Oli was the goalie that's when i i became a big fan i was sort of like a generalized fan before you know i remember rooting for like oh my gosh roy not roy the the guy that won the cup in his final game with the colorado avalanche in 1990 something oh my gosh the brain is just not working who is the guy that played all those years for boston and then left to go to colorado and he was like let's just say 78 years old and he won a cup in his final game he's got a it's not a long name but it's definitely a name and it's and it's not wah it's not wah but it might have had like a Roy in it. Let's look at the Colorado Avalanche of whatever year they won the Stanley Cup. 2001 or 1996. 2000. Uh, so I guess it was 96. Let's let's double check. By the way, good pull right off the top of your head. I um, oh no, oh, no. She's, oh, she's, she's she's not. Trust me. <laughs> it's not it's not Roy. It's Ray. It's Ray Bork. Oh I, yeah, I liked Ray Bork a lot. He was he was. Oh. Uh, was like, and then I was crazy there. No, I and have that, a really really funny story that Ray, about uh, Ray Bork, which is that I I got to see him play for the first time last year. Because I didn't get into hockey really until I moved to D.C. Because my hockey experience growing up was in growing up in the wilds of Oklahoma, which is football country, was the Mighty Ducks. Right on. So when I moved out here, I knew like Wah and Yager and Salani and Korea because those were players we fought over when we played the PlayStation game. Right, yes. And I couldn't believe that Yager still played hockey, first of all. So, but I actually... None of us could. I, I it's, just a, it's just a tragedy that he couldn't get re-signed last season. But I got to see Ray Bork play in the Hershey Bears and Lehigh Valley Phantoms alumni game last season. Even though he never, yeah, and he never actually played for either of those teams because Chris Bork was playing for right. um, the, the Bears, Bears at the time. time. He played as a, he wore Chris's number and played as a Hershey Bears alumni and it was it was really cool so yeah I remember that story that was a great that was a great story he's a cool dude I and Chris Bork is like a Hershey legend right oh god yeah he's the AHL he's the AHL goat and I he's not in Hershey right now he's in um he's playing Bridgeport with Ryan Bork his brother and I just really expect he'll retire in Hershey I hope so just for the number of number of Bork jerseys we see at Hershey games on a regular basis just for the fans sake that we be nice you know it's funny how many like uh i i don't have any kind of like recency judgment of like caps fans that became caps fans you know only during the ov era or anything like that but i i feel like there's this maybe this like reckoning coming where there's gonna be fewer and fewer fans who were around when like 
the tickets were really, really cheap. Like, you know, when they had like the like student discounts and like ten dollar nights and there was that whole era like during the fire sale and even early in like the OV era, maybe even as far as like 2009, 2010, when like tickets were dirt cheap and it was just really easy to get in there. Even if you didn't have like a season ticket or a partial season ticket holder plan, like you could just get to a whole bunch of games. And I, I wonder if they, you know, that's something that they're losing now that they're actually successful because that was one of my big entry points, like getting out of college, the caps were garbage. And I was like, yep, I can go there. Oh, I've noticed even between last year and this year, as my friends who aren't season ticket holders are trying to buy like single game tickets, they're much more expensive this year until you're oh, yeah. like buying day of and you're getting like the ones that people are dropping just because they're trying to break even. Right. But then you look well, at like I, how much it costs to go to a game in like Montreal or Toronto or what my season seat here costs versus what my season seat in New Jersey costs. And New Jersey sucks right now. But they've Yeah, won, they do. But they've won three cups, so the ticket is twice what I pay here. That's amazing. I didn't I didn't know that until just now. See, and I'm a little bit different than both of you guys because I didn't grow up around here. So my hockey fandom started with having a high school that had an ice hockey team and being within a half an hour drive of seeing the Hartford Whalers play. And then I came down to Maryland to go to college. And that was in the beginning of the 90s. (coughs) (coughs) Yes, I'm old. And, um... And then by the time I had graduated and actually moved like closer to DC, it was mid to late nineties. And that was just before the OV era. And I was like, Ooh, hockey. And then OV happened. So I kind of, you know, jumped into the, at a, I, I was, I was pre OV, but very shortly pre OV. I don't know. Hockey. Yeah. That was a very difficult time for the, the, the club. Yes. I don't know hockey without Alex Ovechkin. Like, not really. I don't want to know what hockey will be like after Alex Ovechkin, but that's something we have to start thinking about. Uh, mm, do we? Can we, like, give him, like, five more years? Uh, you we think can, he's we, got five? He could play five more years. Will he play him in D.C.? He can't leave, can he? Oh, yeah, he definitely can. Uh, I know. Would he? We'll see what the seller cap says. Would would he leave? Absolutely, yeah. He loves it here. He's got his family here, but he's a yeah. I mean, he he's a he's a keen businessman. Pete, you're saying things that I don't particularly care for currently. <laughs> Settle in. It's gonna get worse. I know you're all Pete. Pete, you're the king of saying things that I don't particularly care for. That's not true though, because we we agree about a lot of players. That's true. Marcus, Jonas, <sighs> all the yeses. I. Any- Look, all I have to say is the Devils are just going to have to send Marcus Johansson back down here because they're not taking proper care of him. Yeah, they did not understand. They're not. Maybe there's like an honor code that they are violating, but Marcus is not having a good time up there. (sighs) And, And if you break him, you can't buy him. You have to give him away. They have they have to give him back. Yeah, I mean, are they? They have to. They have to make some moves at the deadline, and they have to be sellers, right? Uh, they gotta. They gotta get some defensemen, man. They gotta get defensemen. They gotta get depth scoring. I. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. We got a whole okay, yeah. segment talking about Sorry, what didn't, the didn't mean to jump ahead. Fucking devils <laughs> need to do to not suck. But so let's. All right, let's get into what people like trading and crap. But uh, so the caps suck. Do they? Yeah. Well. Do they? Well, I well, I was at the game yesterday, and uh, I'm gonna go with yeah. I watched it, but I was not physically there. I it mean, was rough. 
it was a sloppy, sloppy game. And there have been more of those than less lately. So, although I'm I not do sure. have to say, only one goal was scored yesterday. That's true. And they had a, they had, um, you know, no puck luck on offense. Oh I my mean, God. yes, they well, were terrible. The but puck but... luck, like there was one point yesterday where the puck went through, went through the crease behind Tuka Rask, where I just, I just turned, Tim, yeah. the guy sitting next to me, his name is Tim, and I just said, we're not scoring today. Yeah, I, like, there was, like, a, Brooks Orpic had, like, a scoring chance in the first period, I was like, damn, this could go anyway, but then they just sort of, they had, I mean, they had no real offense until, like, 52 minutes into the game. Oh, no, it was until the third period, it's like, they were like, oh, actually, maybe we'll play a little hockey, and then for part of the third period, they were like, ah, oh, may, maybe not, and then they were like, oh, shit, we're gonna lose. I, I I wonder how much of that too was uh, um, the start time. No, no, uh, the opponent just uh, playing prevent defense at the end there. You know, defending a one goal lead with with ten minutes to go, you stop going for the two man four check and you just you know stack at the blue lines and you know play play cautious. And maybe that's how the Caps got away with it. But not to like no, take well, I guess I'm taking best the chances came toward the end of the game. Oh, all and of them. It says yeah. like the last like five minutes was when they the puck just literally kept going through the paint behind Tuka, and it was like. What do we have to do? Like the whole team was snake bit. It was ridiculous. And they are, you know, totally snake bit. I think like I don't I don't think that they suck, just for the record. But like I if mean, there's I don't really think that they suck. I mean, we are have it certainly having a time. For for real, uh, but I don't think they're any worse than they were this time last year. Actually, I'm I'm pretty sure that they're a lot better than I they mean, were. They're not the Jersey Devils. They're not the Jersey Devils, and, and and like I don't know the the, the Capitals of I, everyone sort of glosses over it because of the Stanley Cup, but the Capitals were a terrible hockey team until February of 2018, until they like put Madison Bowie out of the lineup and brought in Michael Kempney. Yeah, and his glorious, glorious thick thighs. <sighs> and, <laughs> But, but like they like like they were not good. Pete, can before we have then. you on every week just because you are willing to recognize the glory that is Michael Kempney's thighs? <laughs> sure. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. I've, I've got I've got so much free time. But um, like I don't know. I, I I feel like you can see Christian Juice getting healthy this week and maybe making a a, a trade at the the deadline to get some more defense and make you know, supporting up getting Kuznets off a little a, bit defensively. I have a question for you. Hit me in regard to Christian Juice. So there was a practice last week on Wednesday I believe where we all thought Christian Juice was a full participant because he wasn't wearing a non-contact jersey in that practice the defense pairings were Orpic Bowie and Juice Siegenthaler does that give you the impression that they're looking at what either waving Bowie trading Bowie and maybe benching Orpic a little bit more to put that pairing of Juice and Siegenthaler on the ice because once we found out that juice was actually non-contact and would not be able to play and was not ready to play my thought was oh Jonas is going to be the one scratched and that wasn't the case so I want your thoughts on that weird little situation that's going on with our defensemen currently yeah I don't know if that am I reading too much into this no but I I don't know if that was an indication that like Bowie and Orpic are, are falling out of favor I think they Reardon knows I think Rudin knows what he's got with Bowie, who's got like serious discipline, serious on 
on-ice discipline problems and just doesn't really seem to be up to snuff mm-hmm. with or without Brooks Orpik. I, I think that Reardon really likes Brooks Orpik. So I, I, I have a hard time seeing them like taking him out of the lineup, especially in like the playoffs. But I also wouldn't be surprised one bit if Orpik doesn't doesn't play, you know, 70 games. Like if he wants to rest him every other game down the stretch to keep him fresh for the playoffs since he's you know, 37, 38 years old, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. But I don't think I don't think that Orpik is going to fall out of favor uh, with the team. I think that they really want him to have the softest of soft landings. And I don't think that they have that same warm feeling for Madison Bowie. Also, can I point out that we're like 4, 11 and 3 since Orpik came back from injury? You know, the, the, it's a weird thing, though, because like the games that Orpik missed were really, really hard games. He missed a hard part of the schedule. Yeah. And he and he played a lot of easier games. And now in January, when he came back, he came back for the hard part of the season. January is a, a tough part of the schedule. February is going to be the rest of February is going to be kind of a breeze, but March is going to be really, really tough on the team. It's a very, very tough part of the schedule, and I hope that the the deadline gets them strong enough to be good, well enough for it. But I, I don't think that like Orpic is the cause of any of, them, of of anything going wrong. In fact, I think he was like one of like the few players that had like a positive goal differential. But it's really hard to think that he's playing you know effective hockey, I especially because the NHL's gotten so much faster recently, I especially just out west. I have a hard time with or like yeah that first game back against the predators where we had that five on three i was hella glad to see brooks orpic i mean because if there's someone i want out there killing a five on three it's brooks orpic but other yeah than as that, long as yeah you're, you're absolutely right it's like that's a good thing for i don't think he's any good at like clearing the crease like that and i also think he's like terrible in transition but do can pk because yeah. there's just not that much to, to like do you just got to be there and take up space and i think he does that effectively i think he's a darn good stick checker uh i don't think he's like good like physically so like i don't know like and i'm not trying to like make up for people that think i'm like a an orpic hater I, i'm i'm not i just i don't know his skill set doesn't match with the current nhl and he's clearly lost a step since two seasons yeah ago. he's outlasted his usability yeah and that's a bummer but like in like brian mccullen didn't even want to bring i don't know i don't it seemed like they had a really good thing going when they didn't have him on the team heading into the season i think they were worried about the defensive depth for good reason they didn't know that mm-hmm. siegenthaler was gonna turn out and madison bowie looked not great last season and you know as soon as you lose or lose or love or niskin in for any stretch of time you're like whoa what happened to our defense so it was probably the right idea to, to staff up especially at a low cost but you know deadline's coming up they need they need to make they need to improve that blue line and orpic is one of the problems there i don't think that they'll replace him though i, I think you know you're gonna see guys like juice or siegenthaler they'll be are gonna be the ones that miss a, a playoff spot which is you know it's it, awful it, but we saw it we saw it happen a couple years ago but like and that's Fine. It's not though, because that's what happened with like Shattenkirk pushing Schmidt out of the lineup three years ago, and the Cubs well, won okay. a darn Stanley Cup. Jonas Siegenthaler is not Nate Schmidt. One day, maybe, not currently. No, but Nate Schmidt, people didn't think Nate Schmidt was Nate Schmidt back then either. That's true. I think he's been really good. Like, I, I, it, I, it took me a long time to pay enough attention to him specifically when there's so much going on with the Caps at the time, but sure. I, I think he's been really solid. He looks he looks like an NHL player every shift. I see he makes fewer mistakes than Dmitry Orlov makes. Oh my god. That's then, a low bar these yeah, days, that's a really but yeah. Oh, I don't <laughs> I've actually started seeing a lot of rumblings about trading Orlov. I don't think it'll uh, happen, but a lot of people well, want to see that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, if anybody should be traded, it should be Matt Niskanen. Orlov's playing way better than Niskanen is. Niskanen looks like he's asleep a lot when he's out there. Like, he's just not there. I've heard is, people say he's hurt. I don't know about that. It's um, really funny because he just seems like he's not there, and Melanie is pretty sure he doesn't actually exist. So, take your pick. Anyway, I, I, I have a feeling, yes, even if the Caps mix suck right now, 
the trade deadline <laughs> is an opportunity for them to make. I mean, just it, it just like two, three, two, two, one move and two adjustments could be dramatic for this team. And plus, the motivation of just playing down the stretch. I, I, I don't despair one bit. They don't. They're not a lock on the playoffs anymore. I, they're probably only about a seventy percent chance, and I think that may be a little bit favorable considering how tough March is going to be in the schedule. I mean, they're playing like Tampa three times. Ugh. Um, one of them's you know like no rest versus a rested Tampa team. Like it's going to be a rough March. But I don't know. Yeah, Pittsburgh's playing like garbage too you know carolina's getting better so maybe they'll start climbing new york islanders have ranked up racked up enough points that they're going to make the playoffs even if they collapse but i don't think that they're as good as they seem they are so i think it's really funny that people think that the islanders are quote unquote good because of barry trots i think he's helped i don't think think he's helped but i think that they also made a lot of changes in the off season from what they were and they're like oh well they lost to Varus, and now they have trots and they're a good team but they lost to Varus, so obviously trots is a good coach and all i can think about is that dude almost got fired like four times last season here yeah but uh, yeah but i don't know it's a, so, a new lease out there i don't like my favorite coach is boost boudreau and he's been fired a billion times <laughs> I mean, and like, I like Barry, but I think, I think there's like a threshold of what he is able to turn the Islanders into. He, well, he makes teams so there's always the, there, and there's always the new broom sweeps clean, you know, principle. But also. On both sides of that equation. You know, it's something new for Barry. It's something new for that team. How much of that is Mitch Korn? I don't know how much Mitch Korn's involved day to day. I mean, Thomas Grice has never had a better season. Exactly. So it seems like it's going great for him, but the the defense in front of him is playing way better too. Like I, I haven't I haven't looked at it too closely, but I would I would bet that his expected save percentage has dropped as well. So I I, I wouldn't put so much stock in, in Mitch Korn. I think he's an ex. I mean he's it's no coincidence that he's coached like two of the greatest goalies of all time, and and maybe Brayden Holby will be in that company one day as well. I don't know. I I I think they're really lucky to have the situation that they've got uh, and i think they have made uh, like good improvements but i also don't think that they're anywhere near as good as maybe folks are rating them you think you uh, don't think it's sustainable just, oh uh definitely not no it's like so, it's um, like I, new jersey last year you know what i'm looking at it so like grice two years ago saved 92 percent Mm-hmm. And last year saved ninety point six percent, which is those are both last year was terrible, and he was a big part of New uh, the Island underperforming last year. So this year he's saving ninety three point eight, which is amazing. That's Vesna level. I would say anything above like ninety three at five and five is is a real good chance at the Vesna. But he actually isn't getting that much better defense than he had before. His uh, his expected save percentage last season was ninety one point eight, and this season's ninety one point nine. The just big difference is that he's saving shots above expected especially uh, the high danger ones he's making the high danger saves that's not the corn effect like that's not the mitch corn effect if it were brayden holby would have had a better season last season you know <laughs> brayden holby yeah. had a rough season last season he's having a rough season this season too i, I think he's been a lot better oh yeah than last, last season yeah. his 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 struggles have been totally isolated to, to the slump and i've I, i've he's been <sighs> seldom better than he was against boston the other night so oh yeah no he was amazing against boston it's just there was nothing in front of him yeah so yeah. One other thing before we move on to the rest of our docket and uh, with regard to the Caps mix suck. How do you feel about the new Todd Reardon school of if you do something stupid, I'm going to bench you? I don't know why 
Dimitri Jaskin got it, like or how you pronounce his name, but like that was Jaskin's second penalty of the season. <laughs> yeah, he was he was in like the you know top ten most disciplined skaters in the league for a long time, even though he didn't get a sweater every night. So like Kuznetsov is you know second behind only Bowie in how many penalties he Kuznetsov is a repeated offender when it mm-hmm. comes to stick penalties, and, so and he's got lots of problems. Get... I, he deserved a benching. He should he deserves a night off. He's been atrocious. He, he's actually been a disaster. He's been done a lot better. Like maybe like in the during the slump, he wasn't playing like total garbage, except for these just like gigantic mistakes. You know, like the three on zero slingshot pass turnover stuff. Like yeah. those moments, like and those are terrible. But like pattern wise, I, I felt like he was improving a whole bunch. And I was like, oh right, he's turning it around. Oh turnover. Oh he's turning around. Oh he got blown past the neutral. Like but then he scored the goal to end the slump. So I thought you know it's getting better. I, I didn't think that his penalty was super egregious against Boston. And before he got pulled, he drew a penalty from Patrice Bergeron, who doesn't commit a ton of penalties. So it seemed a little bit arbitrary that Todd was doing it. That said, Todd's got to send a message. Yeah. So Todd's squad getting getting serious about it. I, I think that that's fine. I, 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 I just you... super don't think that there's like a cultural change. That's like there's like erosion in team discipline that Todd's that's just it's, it's just, always been a problem with Kuznetsov. The stick yeah, but, but like but like the idea that like the team needs someone to crack down is just it's like the reverse halo effect you know like with with like barry trotz everyone's like the team culture's changed the team culture's changed i'm like no they're just winning games like they're winning games that they didn't win under adam oates because or, or even under Dale Hunter, because they're playing Ovechkin right. Like, they're supporting Alex Ovechkin. That's, yeah, and winning games makes a team happier, and a happy team plays better. Right, yeah. Winning makes teams happy, but happy teams don't necessarily win hockey games. Carolina was having a lot of fun getting their asses kicked for a bunch of months. <laughs> That's true. So, I yeah, just, I, 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 it, I support him doing it, I, but I don't know if it'll actually change anything. Yeah, I don't know that it'll of... actually change anything either. It just, it kind of, while I support him doing it, and while I think some deserve it a little bit more than others, it it just kind of smells to me like, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, but Todd Reardon reminds me of a kindergarten teacher. His voice reminds me of a kindergarten teacher. His demeanor reminds me of a kindergarten teacher. He's very and now kind he's of putting guys in timeout. Exactly. It's the last resort of a teacher who can't control their classroom. It's All right, the last resort. It's a that's a that's a that's a low number resort. There's many resorts before the last resort. <laughs> Well, I suppose. I taught high school, so I had different disciplinary things going on. I couldn't put 10th and 11th graders in timeout. Didn't you wish you could, though? Oh, yeah. In general news, we... So, Kendall Coyne was the first woman to ever compete in the All-Star Game Skills Comp. Yay! And so, of course, Pierre McGuire had to touch her inappropriately. She then mm. got invited to be an analyst on Wednesday Night Hockey, and then Pierre McGuire fucking mansplained shit to her. And it's like, okay. I- she came out and she's like no we know each other blah 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 he shouldn't he didn't really mean it that way and then he of course apologizes with the the typical non-apology of someone who has deeply fucked up everything about that just makes my entire like body cringe i was talking to we were talking about it the guy that sits next to me at games chris brought one of his high school friends who is a woman to the game the last game that i was at which was last week sometime 100 years ago yeah oh wait but no it was you were at friday the, you were at friday yeah, night it was after the pierre thing and we were telling her about it because she hadn't seen it and i said to her he actually on the air like live on a broadcast said to this woman now we're paying you tonight to be an analyst and not a fan and the look on her face she gasped so loud and it was just like i it, 
that is beyond like, oh, I wasn't thinking or, oh, I was just so excited that things fell out of my mouth. It's it's condescending beyond all reason. Like, I realize that he was like making a joke, but it's such a gross like. It's not even like, well, I don't know. Well, Pierre has no sense of humor. So maybe if he was <laughs> making a joke, well, it just came off really of, badly. A lot of people make jokes that are sexist or racist and they're like, well, it was just a joke. Well, you know, that doesn't negate its sexistness. <laughs> yeah, I think I like he that was word. Uh, like a, uh, uh, I don't know what his like personal intent was, but he was just uh, maybe it, the most generous way I can look at it is to say that he didn't have any wicked intent, but he was oblivious to the social forces that push him to say something like that and that make saying something that wretched and those are the same social forces that encouraged coin to you know make apologies for for Pierre that he would not himself make mm. uh, when, when he you know later released the statement so it's a, it's just a sucky thing all around and then uh there's you know it's a great way to kick off the hockey is for everybody month and mm. I, and I, I don't know uh it's it it also it's just not fun to talk about not to say that we shouldn't talk about it, but it's just it's just a bummer of a story because it's just yeah. I don't know like you start with this like place of cringe and then as soon as you see it you're like yeah there's this is just like a manifestation of all the background radiation that sucks about talking about hockey and gender overall yeah. it's it's just it's like the physical manifestation of the way most women are treated in the like metaphorical hockey arena not like in the physical arena itself sometimes yeah. well true I mean it doesn't help that you know what would be a tiny tiny step in the right direction Firing just a tiny here. one i mean no that would be a big step in the right direction i mean don cherry still has a job so would it really mm. well luckily he's in another country let's take a look around the nhl shop and get rid of a few things shall we like the t-shirts that say i like my men on ice i haven't seen that that are just made for the women oh because yeah. you're not a woman there's like a yeah there's Every single team has a version of it. I was in there last night. And they night. sell a shit ton of stuff with it on there. And there's a backpack. I didn't see the t-shirts last night, but they have, like, the drawstring backpack, definitely. Also, I got pissed oh. off because I tried on this, like, silver, like, solid, like, it was, like, shiny metallic silver snapback. But it turned out it was women's, so it didn't fit on my massive dome. Because I guess I have wah, a man-sized head. Mm. So, thanks, NHL. Yeah, let's make all the sparkly, shiny stuff for the girls. And not for... Every size of girl, just the girls whose size we want to have the stuff. <sighs> like I said, tiny step, right direction. Let's move to the next thing because I could oh, talk about cool. this for a couple no, more no, hours. Now we're going to get into Brianna Decker. Okay. So Brianna Decker was doing the demo for the passing accuracy one, whatever one, Leon Dreisaitl one. And shooting, shooting accuracy, I don't care. It doesn't matter. They were all had some funky, like, kitschy little name. Like, they and, didn't really describe what they were. Yeah, anyway. So she does it in what they say on TV to everyone watching is 1.6 seconds. Leon Dreisaitl wins it at like 1.12 seconds. 1.12 seconds. A minute and 12 seconds. And Decker did it in a minute and 6 seconds. Initially. I was going to say, that's really fast. All right. All right. I figured it out. <laughs> I figured it out. 
So the internet is like, hey, why don't you give Brianna Decker the money? Because she makes like 357 times less than Leon Dreisaitl per year. It's actually more than that to get NWHL players make 357 times less than Leon Dreisaitl, who makes eight point something million dollars a year. I was using an NWHL player's salary and I was using the largest one, which is $26,000 a year. $26,000 a year. Do NHL players get paid extra to participate in the, in the All-Star game? I don't I'm know sure they, they get a bonus in their contract. NHL players get paid extra? I know they get bonuses if they win. Yeah. Like, Dreisaitl is getting $25,000, which is basically pocket change to him. Yeah. Whereas... I, 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 the, the money part of it just is so wretched for, for Decker. So, uh, yeah, because Decker, the max she could get paid playing in the CWHL is $10,000 a year. Wow. Max. And then the NHL comes out and they're like, oh, well, we went back and looked at the tape and her time was actually a minute and 13 seconds. So she didn't actually win. Like if she had, we totally would have given her the money. But we looked and she didn't. How convenient. So... I, I mean, I know I definitely want to, uh, like, go back and find an excuse not to do something when I am being bullied into doing the right thing by the masses. But then the NHL decides, oh, yeah, well, actually, we're going to give $25,000 to the charity of choice of these female hockey players that we've had come in and demo these events for the boys and in, in Kendall Coyne's place actually participate. Like, wouldn't that piss you off? More than you make playing hockey in a year donated to the charity of your choice. Well, here's the, here's the I question I have I am the charity of my it's, choice in this case. It is, a, it is a very technical question, but I have it. Is the donation being made in their name? Or is the donation being made by the NHL just to the charity of their choice? Never Because if it's that. being made in their name, that's a huge tax write-off that they can take. At least oh, is they're that in right? the U.S. Yeah. It's not I, I, I wonder US. if like the, the the hesitance to pay them directly is because they are worried about like getting involved in the evolving labor situation between the two women's hockey leagues and whether they can truly pay their players or not. And by can, I mean choose to or not. Did you, and, you know that? see by any chance the article where they asked uh actually i believe black girl hockey met with Batman and he and asked him you know is the nhl doing a women's league and they're like well if the other two fold we might but we don't want to step on any toes yeah they're like deliberately not getting involved in like the <sighs> the squabble between the two I, I think it's good to have two leagues for the record i just think it's good if they both play pay their players yeah. um i don't know they, they, women's soccer was in this situation a few years ago they they still are to some extent um i'm a big uh, women's soccer fan and, and they've what they found i think is that solidarity among the players has helped a, a great deal and they're in a better situation and I, I i really think that like uh if there's two leagues and the players are separated they're never going to have enough momentum to do so so they I don't know. And not to put it on the players, it's not their fault that they're not getting paid, but that's probably how the change is going to happen, is that when they, they, they have like a true like uh, women's hockey players union, uh, and they're never ever going to get any help from the men's NHLPA to do so, because that league doesn't even represent the interest of the players, they just represent the interest of the richest, you know, 45 players. Mm-hmm. 
Sorry, that was more of a downer thing again. I'm sorry. Look, it's a, this is a downer segment right now. So let's All Star Game. All Star Game happened. Pete, it was is, also bad. It, it usually is. But one of the things that we wanted to talk to you about is their new player and puck tracking. So a lot of people on Twitter hated it. I loved it. I loved the little trail behind the puck. It wasn't Fox Tracks. It was very subtle and understated. And I liked the little little flags on the players. So, like, talk to us about how you feel about this, how it's going to help, and uh, what it's going to do with regard to analytics. I think there's a huge difference between, like, what's on the broadcast and the data behind it. Like, the, having the data behind it, it's kind of silly that the NHL hasn't done it in years. Like, as soon as they had uniform rink sizes, they should have been doing something along these lines here. But I think that they there's a there was a lot of, uh, I think, prior to, like, the 2013 collective bargaining agreement, uh, and this is going to be a point of friction in the next one as well, there's a lot of questions about, like, who owns this data. And naturally, it's the people creating the data, which is the players. So I think that had been, like, a, a point of friction and the, the definition of hockey-related revenues sort of unlocked it. But I think it's an awesome idea to do it because it, it helps you understand so much more about the game that you couldn't before. The amount of data that they're tracking is, is obscene and what you do with it is a totally different matter than tracking in the first place. And so, like, when I started talking about, like, player tracking, what you really saw in, like, the All-Star games were, like, demos of it. But how it actually works, like, in practice once it's been rolled out, I think it's just a way to, like, tell stories in a deeper way about the game that's happening and you know you see hockey hockey's chaos hockey's you know 10 skaters and two goalies and a puck that goes 100 miles an hour um there's a there's a lot going on there but i think it'll help us i I think maybe it's gonna be tougher to do like in the moment but it'll be great for replays i think a lot of it'll be great for replays and yeah and i think like overlays or augmented reality standpoint yeah like those are those are going to be things that i think they're going to refine over time you know it took a long time for the nfl to like get the goal like the the line of scrimmage and the the first downline stuff really mastered but now they've got you know pretty awesome tracking like in replaces show you like underline this player and show them being moved and they don't have to use like pattern recognition and like after effects to stuff to do like they can use like live data and they're, they're like the the ramifications are gigantic like you can with the data that they've got essentially replay an entire game using like a virtual camera to see stuff that you know if a camera didn't shoot it you'll never be able to restore it now but in the future you'll have the data of who was where when and you have the time offset and the XY positions of each of these different players, and you'll be able to see something on screen with a virtual camera that a real camera never caught captured and that's gigantic there's there's like but a lot of that only applies to like coaches and management and scouting and, and that stuff will never like you know help us as fans so i feel like the, the i don't know the implications for like the broadcast and the fan experience are, are kind of meager you know trails are cool like and especially like, if you don't have like a like good tv i think that's a big deal um maybe for like folks on phones too i think it's gonna be a good way to make like this the the portable experience better but i also just think like if it if it gives it would won't do is it won't say like we were wrong about Corsi all along um but if you also if you have a broadcast that's telling you about Corsi in the first place they're already lost right that that, that shouldn't be something that's done on a, on a television broadcaster for a general audience i don't even use the word Corsi in my stuff so i, I think do it's you, really exciting do you feel like Corsi is like a valid analytic like as far as evaluating hockey is concerned so like Corsi just being like like shot attempts that happen usually like during five on five is the absolute single best statistic to measure your shot attempts that happen during five on five what what conclusions you draw from it are are contextual right so like i guess it comes up to be like do you want to consider like 10 or nine different things and and weigh them all yourself or do you want to have like one catch-all statistic if you want to have one catch-all statistic shot attempts are not it 
right? Like shot attempts measure the sum total of 10 skaters on the ice and what zone you started in. And, you know, do you, are you playing with players you played with before? Or are they new players? And are they, do they get a lot of ice time or do they get a lot, like uh, not a lot of ice time? It It's, it's too, you need to, you need, it, it's a good starting point, but it's not never a good finishing point. And the thing is like, there's not a lot of analysts that use it as a, a finishing point, or at least there's not a lot of like serious analysts that say like, this player's got a bad Corsi, therefore they're bad. It's usually like, this person has a bad Corsi. Why? And then you can say, oh, shoot, it's Carl Olsner's gap control, and he's got a groin that won't allow him to do his like, first stride. Or, <laughs> this, or, like, or this one's amazing because like, he makes a really good neutral zone pass that gets the, that, like, gets the team, or like, he's really good at carrying the puck across from the neutral zone to the offensive zone. So, like, I don't know, like, it's, shot attempts are absolutely indispensable. Right, yeah. Well, I, I, I was thinking about Marcus Johansson when I was saying <laughs> I, it. I, like, yeah, I know. I know where you were going with that. But it's, it's, like, it's indispensable to understand if a team's playing more offense or playing more defense, but that's all it does right if you're using goals instead then you're you're kidding yourself because then you're measuring what goalies are doing or what shooting luck's happening and that that's that's not a measurement of offense or defense that's a measurement of scoring and those are different things so yeah like Corsi or shot attempts is mandatory okay. if you if you want to do analysis of the sport but it's not itself like a like an end point and no one no one seriously thinks it is anymore and I don't think anyone really did five years ago either it's just like what you know the straw the straw man depiction of what like analysts think and do is way different than what analysts think and do the end (laughs) what for you is the most exciting thing about this new like for you specifically what are you most excited about this new technology offering uh i I think it'd be really great to know what happens when a shot is taken i know like like right now we know who took a shot and whether it was saved or whether it was blocked or whether it missed or whether it was a goal and where they were on the ice and what time it was they were on the ice and who else was on the ice but to know i guess like two things like who was where on the ice when the shot was taken and what happened right before that shot to know like this shot went from this side of the ice to that side of the ice you know like the ov the ov shot is not just a shot taken from the ov spot right right the ov the ov shot from the ov spot is that shot taken after the puck is moved from at least the slot or maybe from the other side of the ice because it forces both the defenseman to move and the goalie to move and understanding that transition and who's where and whether ov screened or not and whether his position is uh, you, you'll be able to understand the player's position relative to the shot which is such a cool thing to think about like whether you know what what degree what part of the clock he's on taking that shot i think those are all super duper important i think i I don't know if that data will ever be available to us but i would love to you know spend a lot of time figuring out basically like there's these things called like markov chains which tell you like a a sequence of actions and how let's see oh uh, do you guys ever watch uh, westworld yes amy does yes so like they have those like language trees like like they show in like the first season where like this player can only say like the like this character can only say these sure yep Mm mm-hmm uh, Markov chains are actually those are like literally what Markov chains are but uh, but like in hockey you can think of it as like a passing sequence is like all right this making this pass to this player at this location can either succeed or pass and from there I can go to this other place you can basically start detailing like what are the patterns of what are the habits of good hockey playing and uh, the, the teams that understand that well will start optimizing themselves way faster than anyone else and you're going to see probably some teams get really really smart basically teams doing their own versions of the OV spot but they won't be the OV spot I thought was it who the Caps play a few weeks ago that maybe it was San Jose that did their own version of the OV spot which is just like a goal line chip up to the slot on the power play and it worked twice I don't know if it was them or maybe it wasn't maybe did they play the Jets over the last few weeks one of those two teams mm, one of those good West teams. yeah it yeah, had to have been San Jose they didn't both. play the Jets yeah. did they yeah so like San, San Jose oh no the Jets are coming up Never yeah, mind. San, San Jose had like that really good like bump path below the goal line that's the opposite of, of, of it but like uh 
don't know, Pittsburgh was really successful with that a few years ago with like James Neal. Um, every once in a while, you know, teams figured out, and then other teams like I don't know, like the Oilers, just like depend on one player being. Actually, Jersey did this with Taylor Hall. Just depends on one player being amazing, and that is that you can't build a team forever on that, right? You know, the Caps did that honestly from like 2006 to 2000. I don't know, 14. Just saying, if Ovi is good, then we're good. The end. That's not enough Pretty to build much. a team on forever. So the, the the player and puck tracking data allow us to do that. The stuff that I hate is the gambling stuff. I think that's garbage. I, I think that's bad policy, and I don't I don't have any interest in like the the micro event gambling. You know, how fast will the next shot that is a goal be? I don't care. That's really bizarre. Like that's why it's people who need something to gamble on? That's like, I just like if you're betting, there's no there's no fun in that. Take it from the no other perspective. Watching though. the damn games. Right. It, it's just a it's a way to extract wealth from people who are predisposed to to gamble addiction because yeah, i feel well, like I, at that point if you're gambling at that like micro level maybe people gamble like on, like that at that micro level on the super bowl though oh god i but used those to are, to, i used to go to super bowl parties where there would be bets like just basic prop bets throughout the game what's the what's the first commercial after the coin toss gonna be for who's gonna win no, not just who's gonna win the coin toss what's the first commercial after for the a car. coin toss gonna be it's a car for? commercial car commercial yeah, uh, I th- yeah, and that that stuff drives me nuts. But I, I I always think about like the social deprivation angle to it. Like I don't think about the gambler so much as like the that stuff only comes about when like a state or a municipal government partners with the private corporation and they, they tax the shit out of it. Am I allowed to curse on this podcast? Yes, you yeah. sure um, are. Have you met us, Peter? <laughs> I have at a bar <laughs> um, more uh, than once. But like like you know, and then you, you take the money from the people that don't have opportunities to I don't know. The people that are predisposed to gamble like that, especially on like those micro events, are going to be like habitual gamblers who are betting, who, who make up like the largest amount of gamblers in the country. You know, like casinos are kept alive by slots and these like micro event sports bets are going to keep the sports book that are associated with, you know, my monumental sports up. And they're going to be taxed at an aggressive rate, which will make the D.C. Council happy so they can cut real estate taxes. So rich people pay less and then they're taking more money out of the 650,000 people that are living hand to mouth on a single page. Check. It's another bummer thing, huh? Peter, would you like to run for local office? I would not. No, thank you. You see, you're, you're that whole little diatribe almost sounded like you would. I think he'd be very good at it. I think he would too. Thank you, but uh, for him. people are mean to me, so I don't want to do it. <laughs> Uh, today, the Caps re-signed Phoenix Copley for three years at 1.1 average annual value. Tom Giolitti noticed, noted that this allows the Caps to expose him in the expansion draft, good or bad deal. Hey, as long as they're not exposing Braden Holpe in the expansion draft, uh, that's a good deal oh. as far as I'm concerned. Bra- um, how, how much how much, how much, much time does Braden Holpe have left on his contract? Less than Copley. Right. I don't know. I, I, I don't know who I'd expose there. Because Braden Holpe is coming up on 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Don't I, say I, that. That means I'm older. Turn, you want to stand? Yeah, well, he'll stand turn thirty this year. So yeah, I guess he's probably got what two seasons left. Anyway, I like I like the Copley contract just because it's a good amount of dollars. Uh, like, yeah, uh, it's, if he, it's if your average backup goalie contract. It's not anything insane. Yeah, and if he's playing thirty games on that that amount of dollars, that's that makes a lot of sense to me. I could totally see him becoming a fifty game goalie rather than a thirty game goalie uh, in a couple of years, or maybe even next year. Uh, I I think he's been fine. I I I Brent Holpe's my hero he's my favorite caps player maybe of all time i just adore the guy and i think he saved the team's ass last spring and it's a sort of like a bummer to think about like maybe this what does this contract mean for the end of of him but uh, i don't know copley seems like he's well worth that amount you know per year right 
and and maybe then some like if it was two times three times that much i probably wouldn't even bat an eye i think i made this joke somewhere that caps now have the goalie depth that the uh toronto maple leafs had at the beginning of the season before they put mcelaney and pickard on waivers i mean pretty much although i mean julie you and i have talked about this physically at a hershey bears game but samsonov or however the heck whichever accent on whatever syllable you put on for his last name he has improved since the last time we were there though Okay. In fairness I'll take your to him, word for I it. still think Vanacek's better. Well, and I think I think that's sort of the natural progression of things, right? Like Vanacek's been around a little bit longer. But um, I feel like that's not what people are expecting of the Washington Capitals currently. Well, it's like, oh my God, Ilya Samsonov, Samsonov, whatever. Pete, help. Um, what do you think, Pete? I don't know anything about the the goalies on the farm. Like, I don't know how to stack rank them outside of the two that are at the big club. Uh, I, I think it's probably a really good idea for them to not draft a goalie for a couple of years, especially not in the first three rounds and never gosh darn it in the first two rounds. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was a huge mistake. Would, do you think it would be a good plan for them to maybe, I don't know, draft some like highly ranked forwards? Yeah. If, if it's possible to get a highly ranked draft spot ever again, I, I feel like they're a playoff team for the next few years, no matter what. So well, that's good to know. Yeah. So one other note here in our general news segment, Jason Rogers of Japers Rank, uh, the Washington City paper and NBC Sports Washington is running a t-shirt fundraiser for the Fort DuPont Ice Arena. What's happening? Hooray! Yes. What's happening with that is that DC's Mayor Muriel Bowser has requested that the $25 million that had been previously allocated to renovate the rink be reallocated. It's going to be a huge blow to DC's hockey community and the black hockey community in general. Fort DuPont's a DC institution. It's the only full-size rink within the district's boundaries provides a community meeting place for kids and their kids on ice program teaches kids to skate for free for more info on this fundraiser you can go to jason's twitter it's hey j j rogers h-e-y-j-a-y-j-r-o-g-e-r-s or we have also tweeted it on our twitter at pucker up podcast yeah it's um especially because it's hockey is for everyone a month but not just because it's hockey is for everyone month but also because um, it's Black History Month and also because yep. the the founder of Fort DuPont was nominated for the Willie O'Ree Award last season. Is that right? That's awesome. Yes. And he didn't win because they gave it to the coach from Humboldt. Because, Which duh. is valid, but also... Let's move on to something else depressing. What's well, well, <laughs> wait, wait, well, just, I guess, like, the, the only thing I want to say about this is, like, it's awesome that Jason's doing this. The GoFundMe is good, too. It the, was a GoFundMe. Monumental donated $100,000? Monumental did 100000 the, the Leonces family did 100000 and the NHL did 100000 And then last night, the 50-50 raffle also went toward Fort DuPont, rather than just going to the Monumental Sports Entertainment Foundation like it normally does. Yeah. I and think it was big. I, these, like, a, like charity like private charity it's a good it's a good thing to do it but having an institution like fort dupont be dependent on the largesse of private rich people or community-wide you know charity drives is awful this is a failure of the dc government and like a a betrayal of like like i don't know we can get mad i don't know i I think it's a misplaced anger 
to be mad at Ted for only giving a hundred thousand or for the NHL. You know where my anger went initially? Bowser? To the mayor yeah, to the mayor of DC who stood in front of a whole crowd of people on the mall at the Stanley Cup parade and talked about how great it was that we had such a wonderful hockey team and a hockey community in DC. And then reallocate that money. Anyway, I, 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 Jason's doing a good job, and I, I, I donated to the GoFundMe as well, and uh, I, I hope that they are successful. I also hope that they prove a groundswell of support, and it's insane that private charity is the way that public good is done these days. I mean, and that's true of most, I mean, of... Healthcare? Hey, yeah. That's where I was going. That's where I was going. Yeah, that's where I figured you were. On that note, let's let's just dig even further into being depressing. This is the most depressing episode of Pucker Up Podcast ever. So I'm fun. I'm fun. People yeah, like me. we're gonna, we're gonna have fun later. What's the message, Gary? And its new sub component. Would Tom Wilson have been suspended for that? So in the first game back from the All Star break, the New Jersey Devils played the Pittsburgh Penguins. Derek Brassard elbowed Sam. Vatnan. He led in with his elbow and nailed Vatnan to the glass. I mean, got called for elbowing on the ice. So there's no, oh, it wasn't elbowing. It was called elbowing on the ice. He opens up a cut on Vatnan's face, which ended up requiring an unknown number of stitches, mostly because Vatnan didn't ask how many stitches he got because he was afraid to find out. And therefore, he therefore couldn't tell Amanda Stein when she asked him about it. And Brassard was ejected from the game and received a five minute major for that. Vatnan also has a concussion. Surprise of surprise. No supplemental discipline. Now. What's the message, Gary? Exactly. So, A, what's the message, Gary? B, would Tom Wilson have been suspended from the, for that? The answer, I think, is Absolutely. yes. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, not only for, like, Brassard got thrown out. Of Pittsburgh. Brassard from Pittsburgh got thrown out. I mean, unrelated to this, is yeah, yeah. But Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson would have been suspended for that. So what's the message, Gary? That's the only one I have in this segment uh, this week. Well, and, But I think it's and, a pretty pointed one. Well, true. And it's not like Brassard, Brassard is known for being an angel. I don't know that he has a suspension history, but I'm sure he has a history of crappy-ass calls. You know what's really funny? He's not even a penguin anymore now well since since that's true since this people have moved around a lot on tuesday is that tuesday monday of last week he's now a florida panther that's right they did make that trade Him and somebody else and now i can't remember Sh- who... was it sherry no I don't uh, who else left? Uh, you're saying like who else left Pittsburgh? Yeah. I don't remember. I only paid attention to Broussard in that trade. I'm trying to think up and down the lineup. I can't um, remember who else. It might have been Sherry. Hold on. That's the old one. Weren't there a whole bunch of picks? Yeah, a bunch of picks. Bukestad went from Florida to Pittsburgh. Broussard went to Florida. I don't think they got anybody else off the... They got a whole shit ton of picks, though. Oh, Riley Sheehan. Oh, that was it. I knew it was an close. S. Is he even gonna play? Who yeah. Knows. Like I, I don't think I don't think Florida's done. They're they're oh, no. They're supposedly looking into Bobrovsky. Yeah, I could see that. But like, I, I, if I was Columbus, I wouldn't I wouldn't change a damn thing. Yeah, well, Bobrovsky would like to change a lot of things, I reckon. But he can't do they the they own his rights until the end of the season. I know. If if, if you're Columbus, you're saying ah, roll the dice. Let's see if I can win a Stanley <laughs> Cup with this lineup. <laughs> He's gonna he's gonna pull a Terry Price and start losing until they fire the coach, which is yeah. not gonna happen. So they're gonna fire. It's gonna it's gonna backfire on Bob. It's not he's not he doesn't have the pool Terry Price does. Under my low light segment, what I have written is if you think the Caps power play is bad and you do more than likely, 
You should see the New Jersey Devils. Are they even worse? I didn't. I haven't. Oh my God, Peter! Like you think? Like sometimes the Caps, I feel like, should maybe just decline a penalty. But sometimes the Devils look like they did decline the penalty. Like they've got an extra dude. But I like so the problem with the Devils' power play is that they have no secondary scoring. So they put their good quote unquote forwards. It's like right now with everybody that's injured. Their top power play unit is like Kyle Palmieri, Brian Boyle, Miles Wood, and Nico Heeshear. With it's normally Sammy Vatanen, I think, but I don't know who's there with Vatanen out with a concussion. And literally, the only reason Marcus Johansson is on their second power play unit is because they might as well not even have one if he's not. That's how bad yeah. it is. That's things. I'd only been paying attention to their five on five stuff. It's that's a that's a disappointment. They're, that's such a it's such a wasted season, like them being like a one and done team. I'm so sad for them. I no, I'm sad for JoJo. You're sad for them a little bit. A too. little. I'm sad for Keith because Keith is just gonna go back I like ugh. So they called up Schneider from his conditioning stint. Oh no. Of which he played like the full five games that you can play or whatever won one of them in a shootout mm. and they sent blackwood back down because what the fuck else are you gonna do can't trade shinder with his not with that contract nightmare you contract um, holy shit they've got like i don't know a ton of money on i mean i didn't realize that vatten and i don't know how much time he's gonna miss but with him and hall out that is so much talent just oh, yeah. sitting there and they're like the the biggest problem with the Devils last year and this year is that they just had no depth. I mean, you go off that like top six gets off the ice and they're just screwed. They've got nothing. Nothing. God, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, do you like Heeshear? Like, do you like Heeshear's pretty good? Heeshear actually had the A in Montreal the other night. Oh, good for him. Heeshear's been towing. He's been pulling some weight with Hall out. Good. He's their top line center. He's what? yeah. Their top line right now with Hall out is Johansson, Heeshear, and Palmieri. I wouldn't have Johansson in like in a top six role right now. Not not that not not because I don't like just him. Because just because your just, bottom six can't score goals. Uh, or, or is bleeding goals against? You kind of have to. Spread it out and, and slow the bleeding if you can't stop it they're just they're just trying to score some goals that sucks and i and i i i, I, I hate it because poor marcus johansson is working his ass off literally like his ass is gone no but no his did... ass is, is is the part that's working <laughs> he took this interference penalty the other night and i was like no he would never commit interference and then i saw the gif of it so they do the face off and this dude rolls up on Jojo from behind and runs into his butt and falls down. And somehow that's interference. And literally, ass literally, he runs into Jojo's ass and falls over. It's kind of a dive, to be honest. And Jojo, like, looks at him and he, like, he's even confused. It's, it's, it's very Babcock about Nick Backstrom. And he just puts his big ass into you. I can't believe that's a thing Babcock actually said. But Oh, yeah. Here we all are. He's got a sense of humor. Nick Backstrom's got a big butt. Um, Highlights. Which is ironic that we've been talking about how bad the Devils' power play is because they did win the game where they Broussard got kicked out because they scored two power play goals on the ensuing, you know, five-minute power play. But, I mean, the Penguins scored one shorthanded because, you know, the power play is bad. Yipes. 
hey, we can't even manage. Usually, given five minutes or two, we can't manage to score on um, the power play. The so the Caps have to be one of the only teams in the league that can't score on a five on three. So don't even go there with me. Mm. It's embarrassing. Like Hershey can't do it either. It's really funny. It's like a joke at this point. It's like the Caps not being able to hit an empty net. Snake bit. So snake bit. The Caps did break the loss streak, so it is did, did not increase to eight, and they did stop Voldemort. Thank goodness. They did. Pete, tell us about the Voldemort. Uh, in 2010, maybe? Yeah, I'll say like November, December 2010, the Caps had a losing streak, and we just changed the entire theme of the site to be black and dim and gloomy, and we put pictures of Voldemort everywhere because we thought that was the like the epitome of, of darkness and edgelordness <laughs> that was appropriate for the losing streak. And uh, I don't know, that that anytime the Caps had lost more than a couple of games, people just started invoking that, you know, towards us. And uh, I did I did my due diligence. Like, I, I prepped for it in, an, in a very labor-intensive anti-jinx exercise. I was very prepared to, to put it up, you know, have different pictures on the website and themes and, and you know, branding changes to, Aha, to have so the you, website. You much. admit it was an anti-jinx exercise. Were you oh, glad, absolutely. Were you glad that it worked? Oh, a million percent, yeah. I, I, I was wrapped up in that game to like playoff levels i was i was very eager for the, the them to get off the schneid i di- i don't think that they were playing i mean they were playing they had these terrible breakdowns but i don't think they were playing the worst hockey ever uh and i think they just need a little bit of luck to to break it and they got it from from koozie olympic rules in this shootout boys order of shooters is me 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 and then me again i'm fucking tj yoshi now, we already know, Pete, the curate thylight aficionado when it comes to Michael Kempney. Fortunately, the Caps just had their bye week, and uh, we'd like to thank his girlfriend for doing the Lord's work. No kidding. <laughs> and taking pictures of, of, of his Pool, vacation. Poolside Kempney, coconut drinking Kempney, being extremely Kempney, Kempney, Kempney. on the beach. But also, I want to talk to you both about the velvet suit that Austin Matthews wore to the All-Star game. Now, normally, you know how I feel about a blue suit. And also about Austin Matthews. How do you feel about a blue suit? Ovi has a blue suit. I swear to God, it's either the only suit he owns. It's a a a weird shade of blue. Yeah. And it's like it's like linen-y. It's not like suit material suit. And either it's the only one he has or he has ten of the same suit and he wears them all the time. Absolutely like a summertime like like swamp weather suit (laughs) that he wears to Winnipeg. Right. Russian machine never gets cold. That's not the Russian phrase. Russian machine doesn't know how to pack. Russian, look, first of all, I was going to say, first of all, he's Russian, but he's like from Moscow. It gets warm there. Mm-hmm. He's not Sasha Semen from Siberia. True, true. So I, I don't know what his deal is. It's a that's a bad suit. Uh, a I liked suit. Austin Matthews' suit. They're in, a, in an all-star game weekend that had so few pleasant moments, uh, I did I did like that. It was a good suit. Yeah, now a velvet suit. That was, first of all, it was a nice shade of blue. I can't um, normally. It was kind of deep and condone a velvet suit but like he was wearing it it wasn't wearing him correct it could have it looked good i still think he looks like a muppet pig though he is he is uh he has a particular look he does look like a pig in space from muppets yeah i could see it yay i got a second vote or our um like a british claymation cartoon oh yeah like a wallace and gromit style yeah one of the two awesome i'm so sorry <laughs> he's a very good hockey player he is a very good he's hockey just, player he's just as a particular he's got a look to him uh-huh. and his head is very square and he doesn't know how to wear a hat to save his life yeah like if if 
he's got that Innsmouth sort of like he could be like a fish people or like <laughs> you don't know. You never know. So Peter, in this thylights section, we have one question for you. Hit me? Who's your hockey boyfriend? Oh, I don't know if I've got a hockey boyfriend. Lies. Um, well, I'm just hockey single and ready to hockey mingle, you know? I, uh, PK? Subban? Or Brayden Why Holt? are all the boys picking PK? Why are you P- lying about Matty P? I'm telling him. Oh, Matt, Matty P's grown up he his like youthful fun spirit he's he's, he's an old man now um, he, um he's he looks good i have a tie the, the thing i'm worried about is like i i, I think brayden holby is a great guy every dude uh, that comes on this podcast is like pk suban we love pk suban yeah no pk's great first of all like i like his voice like he's got a good he's gonna be a great broadcaster did when he's done playing hockey in watch years. his talk show i did not it was good. terrible. It's an hour of our lives. We can't get back. <laughs> like, okay, first of all, yes, PK's funny, but it went on. It was like half an hour too long. Oh, that's unfortunate. But, but the segments where he was like at home and his mom and his sisters were both ragging on him were priceless. I, I will have to pull that one up. I, I, I yeah. Anyway, like I'll, I'll go with uh, PK, Brain Holby. I'm just worried that Brain Holby sucks at guitar. Um, would you like anyway here's wonderwall <laughs> Braden Holby can definitely play wonderwall and not and like a bunch f- of jack johnson songs and sublime songs wait you do or Braden Holby does Braden Holby does i don't play you that think Braden Holby knows sublime songs do yes he, no. yeah, sure. absolutely, he absolutely knows santeria <sighs> i'm sorry but there's few things that i'm sure about on the planet that then that Braden Holby can play <laughs> can Holby rock can play santeria. at santeria <laughs> yes he probably also knows the intro to Under the Bridge. Oh my god. Does he? No, I don't think he does. He knows really? he knows a lot, like I want to say he like knows a lot of dashboard confessional, but I feel nope, like the Canadian version of that is sitting in color. I don't know it. You know sitting uh that's Julie knows a lot of music that I well, don't know. Well, I know I know, know Brayden Holtby is obsessed with Dallas Green. Oh, that's true. So I, I know, I, I, I know I, Brayden Holtby knows da- City and Color songs. He probably does. But I also bet he knows Except some dash- I'm not familiar with them. Confessional. Little uh, screaming infidelities out there. See, that, I, also not correct, though. Because, no? No, because screaming infidelities is in, like, open G or open C. It's an, it's an alternate tuning. And Brayden Holtby is not getting his guitar out of E. Like, he is standard tuning all day long. So, like, he may know it, but, like, he knows, like, a, like a scuffed version of it. So it, was a, it was a good guess, but uh, sorry. I have to override you there. But definitely Wonderwall. Is it Wonderwall? Yeah, yeah, every, yeah. He knows Wonderwall. He might know like some deep tracks. Like he might know like cigarettes and alcohol, or like he he might like rock and roll star, supersonic, and live forever. And what do you do? Uh, Make my favorite joke, which would be anyway. Here's Wonderwall, and then you just play Champagne Supernova. Oh, that's a good one. He knows Champagne Supernova. It's based like Champagne Supernova is like one chord and just move one finger around. He knows that one too. <laughs> And, he, and when he sings it, he does it full on with the British accent. Like he doesn't do it like Brayden Holtby. Like he does like a like a Liam Gallagher. Or sorry, Noel Gallagher. No, Liam Gallagher impersonation. A Gallagher when he's, brother impersonation. One of the Gallagher's. I refuse to believe that because I don't think it would be very good at all. Okay, well let's be real here about Brayden well, Holtby's ability to sing in the first place. Yeah. So oh, this happened true. with Brooks like. Brooks like used to post like videos of him playing guitar and stuff, or maybe it was the Cavs posting it. And dude is just like 
listen, world-class athletes, each of these guys, and they're exceptional. They're, they are geniuses inside of a certain domain, um, but that domain does not transfer. Those skills are not transferable. They're not going to be able to shred automatically. I'm sure. Sh- I don't know who the maybe like I Lundquist can play okay. Like Lundquist can do you know some lead stuff, but of like of course he can. Yeah, I I, I don't I, I'm I'm worried. Like I feel like it'd be a huge disappointment if I like come up to like Holtby and like he's just ass at guitar. In in your fantasy where Holtby is your boyfriend, you're having to teach him how to play guitar. Uh, yeah, I mean that used to be like a thing. Not not with like hockey players, but like that used to be like a yeah. I don't want to get into it, but yeah. All right, so now we're on to um, Amy's favorite portion of the podcast. Brian asks, "Why are the Devils bad?" And Brian's <laughs> yes, Brian's question this week is pete statistically why are the devils bad uh so i actually i actually have i mean there's a really simple answer for this one uh it's it's that there are times when taylor hall is not on the ice (laughs) so this entire Uh, last month since his even before his but like even before he was hurt he would not play like 40 41 minutes in the game (laughs) Like there were, there were, there were, there was a block of time where he was somewhere not near the puck or ice and they were not good there. They're just not a deep team. Uh, And like, you can have that be covered up by like Corey Schneider or Corey Schneider, as some people pronounce it. You can have Corey Schneider save, you know, 93% of shots and you're Uh, fine. Wait, 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 wait. Do you want to run that one back? Because Corey Schneider ain't capable of that. Right. But I'm saying, like, you can make, uh, if you've got good goaltending, it can hide a lot of sin in your bottom six forwards or your your bottom two pairings of defensemen. You know, but like, they, I mean, Andy Green. They don't even have that, though. No, they don't. And like, and like, their their depth is really bad, and they're over leveraging players that aren't up for it. Um, like, if you were to do a power ranking of defensemen named Green, uh, I don't think Andy Green's in the top one. <laughs> well, no, because all right, if you were gonna do it, wouldn't you put Mike Green ahead of? Uh, yes, absolutely. Then Andy Green in the yeah somewhere like, like, down. Like, I like I said on a previous podcast, having Andy Green as your captain and your top pairing defenseman is like having Brooks Orbick as your captain and your top pairing defenseman. Like he's good at what he does, but he's old as shit. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's not. I mean, what is he? Thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven. Like he's, he's not. Okay, yeah, he's he's not up for it anymore. Uh, I don't know. He, I'm I'm sure he's overpaid. He's definitely overplayed. I don't know. They, <laughs> but who else are they gonna play? He's five million. Exactly. Oh my god, is he making that much? Um, like yeah. If you look at like I don't know, they've got like they've got some really good players. I mean, they got like Vatnin and they got Hall, and he sure looks like he's gonna turn out. Like they've got some good players, but they don't have nearly enough to ice a good lineup, like a, a full lineup. And it doesn't look out like it doesn't look like a lot of their youth. Like their younger players are going to pan out. I know they've got you know lots of picks that are still a lot of prospects that they're still working on. Um, but uh, like, this Heischer, this year has been good. Brat's been good, but other than that, they've just been rotating in guys from Bingo, and it's like ooh. thank I mean, and thank God they even have Will Butcher. I don't know. Uh, he's, is he a defenseman? He's, yeah, he's he's their only like young good defenseman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think yeah. I mean, to answer Brian's question, uh, because they're bad is why they're bad. <laughs> <laughs> like I've literally gotten to the point, Brian. I, I love Brian. Brian's like the big brother that I have never had. And Brian is like, you know, it kind of started out as a joke, but I'm increasingly finding it difficult to like find jokey questions to ask. And I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> I know. I don't know. Whatever. Hey, Amy. This wait, 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 wait. Oh, I would. The last Go thing I want to say is that that like um. 
this season almost like underlines and reemphasizes how important it was for Hall to win that MVP last. Like he is absolutely just so important to this team okay. in a way that like like Connor equal to I think the way that Connor McDavid is in, in Edmonton. They're just those teams are not viable without those star players. And one that's for one. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Amy. No, that's okay. This has been Brian asks, why are the devils bad? Because Literally they're everything. bad. Our listener questions this week. Uh, we actually got a lot of questions for Pete because we revealed that we were going to be interviewing Pete and everyone was like, oh my God, let's ask Pete crazy shit. Peter, uh, you're popular. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Uh, from Lindsay, Pete, why are you so wrong about the Caps as Lord of the Rings characters? Yeah, that's interesting. I think that a lot of people have different ideas about um, Lord of the Rings. Like they, they mean different things them emotionally. And uh, most of them are just they're like they're wrong. Like mine are right. Um, so like like Jay Beagle is the most build a pony hockey player on the planet. I really hate it when people compare hockey players to horses. But continue. I, that was all I had to say about oh. Beagle and, and build a pony. Saying, are you saying that our Queen Lindsay, our Queen Lindsay, is wrong? Yeah. Um. What was what did I say? I mean, like what what name one pick that was bad i've got I, I just pulled it up here first of all i said that nathan walker was shag rat or did i say i think i might have changed that when i actually wrote the, the article i've got the spreadsheet here a, tom wilson is gimli that's a good one does anyone disagree with that that's a good I mean, one tom wilson is I, gimli i don't think michael kepney is a hill troll because of all that like lower body strength that's an awesome one you're a nightmare lars eller as glorfindel that's a deep pull because he's not he might be like a background character in the, in the no i think i like that you andre burakovsky is oh yeah yeah no no because first of all like andre Burakovsky is the one that like everyone's like he's not capable he can't do it you're fucking right no he scored two he he was crucial to the caps winning That's uh true. in the pittsburgh series yeah no he he in the pittsburgh series is a tampa bay series i don't remember tampa which one tampa okay he slayed the Witch King. Okay. Why is Jacob Verona Tom Bombadil? I don't know. Sometimes I was just fucking around. <laughs> just checking. <laughs> no, no, no. I actually did have a... Because he's like an impish fun boy who has tons of like limitless power that he doesn't use. Or at least hadn't used at that time. He's, I think he's had a breakout season this season. But no, I, I every single one of these okay, had a also, lot of thought behind it. Do you not feel like it's really, really fucking rude to call Philip Grubauer an absolute angel? Grima word t- worm tongue like really that's funny to me unless because unless i find holtby on here and holtby he was is he was putting poison into the ear of you know mitch corn and to you know, to get the starting spot last year okay no i was like unless i actually look look on this list and holtby is theoden but yeah no okay you did think that through didn't you did i would say that holtby was theoden yeah you did oh that's a good one that was all right <laughs> all right so now quick question since this is players from last season's team what about the new guys i oh what, about, do, uh, what, what, what is travis boyd oh my travis boyd is one of the people at uh the battle of the hornberg who dies early Ooh. Like, yeah yeah what about Dmitry yashkin yashkin is lightfoot the do I use do I use Lightfoot? No, Lightfoot. He's the uh, the Ent that's like younger and faster. Or no, is that Quick Beam? Quick Beam. Quick Beam. Yes, he's Quick Beam. What about Nick Dowd? Mm, Nick Dowd is probably uh, an unnamed Ranger of the North from like the you know Northern Kingdom. He doesn't you know he's uh, I don't really have much there. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to the unnamed Ranger of the North. 
Jonas Siegenthaler. Oh gosh, Jonas Siegenthaler. I like the Watch cut. Watch your of back, Peter. It's Jib. Let's. Oh man. Um. See, did I? Oh. <sighs> I don't know. I uh, I haven't watched the films or read the book in a couple of years. I mean, I've watched the films in the last six weeks, I'm sure, actually. But nope, I got nothing. I, I don't know. I don't have anything for Sieg's. What about There's Phoenix? A... What about Phoenix? New contract, Copley. Hold on a second. I got this one. What's the name of the... Hold on. Hold on. Somebody in Brie. That's yeah. He's going to be like he's he's not. I use I barley and butter. Butterbur is was Bowie. <laughs> That's funny. Um <laughs> <laughs> I entertain myself. Somebody, um, people are going to be listening to this and they're going to be like, these are all, I think they're saying words, but I'm not really sure. I don't know. Like <laughs> That I guess, might be me right now. No, we're in good company. Oh, you yeah. Guys. Amy, Amy's the only person in the world with an English degree who's never read The Lord of the Rings. What? It's true. I don't want to do, please don't put me on the spot about Lord of the Rings characters anymore. This is tough. I expect you to do your homework and come back to me with the scene the character now. If the Caps win the cup, I will do another two weeks of this stupid ass exercise for the twenty. Uh, well, and you can you can caps. steal my. I know we've done it on the podcast already, but you can steal my my um, Caps' nineties alternative bands. I used if them, you need I, to. I have that spread that that column in the spreadsheet I'm now. Yeah, there there's some good picks in there. I, I love my best. Burakovsky as flaming lips. I like uh, your <laughs> casting of Andre Burakovsky's Office. Oh no, not the Office. I was thinking of Parks and Rec. When when I, I think you missed the boat with Holpe being REM instead of Oasis or or and and then Chase and the Sublime. I don't see it. Juice's Porter yeah. said it's pretty good. Like. Nobody loves him. Eileen <laughs> I, I, uh, is a is a huge Portishead fan. I oh, really? Love him. Leave him alone. God, I'm ready. I do too. Please, Lord, let him come back from Hershey soon. Unscathed, please. He'll be back on Thursday. He'll be fine. Sweet. Wait, really? You think so? Yeah. Yep. 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 He's gonna play there on Wednesday night, and then he's gonna come back to. He'll he'll play. He'll probably play for the Caps this weekend. I bet. <sighs> Uh, next question from Lindsay. What do you think the optimal line of combinations are? Coach Hassett, are trades needed? Definitely trades are needed. Probably not for forwards though. Um, I, I, I don't think, well, here's, here's how I would line up the caps. And this is not, this is not my like expertise. Um, I, I don't, I don't love this exercise, but I'll do my best. The top line is Ovechkin, Backstrom and Wilson. Mm -hmm. I, I, there's no way that I would have put Ovechkin and Kuznetsov again. Oh no, no, um, that's a disaster. So my second line, uh, you have to put Braun up there cause he needs a lot of ice time. Kuznetsov's up there for sure. I think that TJ Oshie does the best job of making them defensively dependable, or at least improving it. I also think that they've got a lot of good forechecking options, and Oshie's been great on the board, so I think he makes up for a lot of Kuznetsov's weaknesses on the forecheck there. On the third line, I'm just sort of put them together but it's you know eller burkowski and Connolly. that's sort of like the default one i feel like that they can i i really hope that they can get their juice back they they had been awesome for in the past i would like uh, for all of us to get our juice back and then the, the fourth line i'm going absolute off the board here um jaskin for sure dow for sure and then i'm pulling up nathan walker uh i feel Woo! bad but yay I uh, like that. Devontae Smith, Pelly, and Travis Boyd are not getting in. Chandler Stevenson's not getting in. I, 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 I don't think they're. I don't think any of those guys are really up to the job. I also don't think that the fourth line is like in the top ten problems that the Caps have right now. No, Maybe their top defense five. for starters. Well, every everybody is like like I don't know. Uh, everyone is responsible for the defense, even the forwards. Well, yeah. And uh, like, I don't think I don't know if the the Caps defense problems are defender problems. If you know what I mean. Mm. They are. Some of it is defender not, uh, problems. 
Have you seen Dmitry Orlov's turnovers? Yeah, I, I think Orlov is having a hard. Well, yeah, I, 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 I didn't do it for defensive pairings, but That's I mean, they're they're a little more straightforward. She said line combinations. Yeah, uh, trades are absolutely needed, and I, I I know we talked about this a little up like, at the top of the the podcast, but I think they need to like get, do what they need to do to reduce the amount that they're relying on Bowie in the lineup at all, and to reduce the leverage on uh, Orlov and Niskanen, even if that means that Carlson has to get fewer points because he's playing more defense. I'd be okay with that. I mean, look, Carlson just ne- needs to play any defense at all. His, no, he's good. His he's turnovers good. are pretty abominable as well. Yeah, uh, he carries the. Puck a lot so we like the thing about him and orlov is that they're they have the puck a lot as defensemen whereas like you don't see or 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 picks turnovers because or never has the damn puck so I, I think we noticed it but it's like a contraindication of value like they, they're they have turnovers because they have the puck a lot and they have the puck a lot because they're really good that's my take i don't know how to do a verona voice but it's like how's the salami julie <laughs> I don't think that I don't think that we can talk about that. I think we just have to move on. I haven't eaten it yet, so I don't know. All right. Uh, thank you for the question, Lindsay. Yeah, Lindsay. Fucking nightmare. From Regal Beagle <laughs> on Twitter. What's some shared advice for dealing with fans of the same team attacking one another? I've got tons of experience with people being mean on the internet. Yeah, because <laughs> I've been to Russian Machine's Facebook. God, yeah, it it's it, it sucks. And I do feel you like find a... Russian Machine like are the comments on the site worse, or like is Facebook just a horrifying cesspool? Uh, I what I find is that like the people that are on Facebook aren't don't seem to well some of them are, but a lot of them aren't really engaged with the community. Some of them will just sort of like come about it. Like they may follow the site because they're interested in like Caps news, but they're not really interested in like the Russian Machine community in a cultural sense. And so, like, I don't know, like, we, we, we can't really do, like, the same jokes. I don't know, like, if, like, a, a joke that goes into, like, the text of, like, a Facebook post doesn't necessarily go over because it doesn't have the same context as it does either, like, on, on like, Twitter or on the website pro- proper. So the comments there are always pretty, pretty different. So it's a, I don't know, it's a, it's a different area. And, I, and it also has, like, a bigger chance of spreading, uh, I guess, because, like, posts there live a little bit longer, if you will, like, social spread. But, yeah, they're, 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 they're very, very mean. My advice for dealing with fans of the same team attacking one another is as soon as that you find that a person's not dealing with you in like a way that they want to achieve something constructive, it's your responsibility to to block, mute and remove them from you altogether right like if someone says like I, listen I've, I've got some advice for you i've got some criticism i've got a request of you there you know it may sting it may hurt when they're giving you that information that advice that criticism but if you but can I separate think that you have to be able to separate like advice and criticism from somebody just straight up being a douchebag. Exactly, and, it, and it, well, I don't want to put it like that though. And like it, because it, it's not about like being. It's about the transaction between that person and you. And if you think that there's like malice in that, then there's just no time or opportunity to be afforded to that communication. You have you have to stop it. And and then like you, like people will say like no, it's like it's like the cowards we have to like block or something like that. But what I what I found, and I could be wrong about this, but like that kind of stuff can accrue like. Uh, it can just sort of start building up, and then you've got this like accumulation of bad vibes that it's really unhealthy. So I don't know I, I I take a a whole lot of abuse on the internet, and I have a that's rude a, because you're awesome. Well, thank you, but I like I, I have a thick skin about it most of the time. But like when it it does get to me, and then I I I don't know I have to disconnect, and I am very very liberal with the the mutant block buttons. So. That's uh, I, I wish I had some better, but like if you detect that there's evil intent, then you're done with them. 
cut toxic people out of your life, 2K19. That's excellent advice. Oh, my God. I can't think of anything better to say. Our next All right. from Kate. Please ask Peter to do house words slash sigils for the caps a la Game of Thrones. Come on, I know he's good at counting and stuff, but I also feel this is in his wheelhouse. I do feel see, like it's in your wheelhouse, Pete. But I that's, also... See, that's what I was talking about. That's the bullshit. Everyone thinks I'm the math guy. I'm not the math guy. No, I'm the you're, words... the, you're the caps house words from Game of Thrones guy. So this nerd. came this came up in like 2014 when like, you know, they went from Boutro to Hunter to Oats. And the one, the house words that were distributed this time were maybe this coach. <laughs> As if, like, like that would be the thing that changed. I like that one. Obviously, it doesn't apply. They had uh, like a you know great four year round with trots. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I mean, I think what Kate is looking for is house words for each individual player. But I think that's a little bit much for one. Oh my god, podcast. Kate! Maybe maybe we can have you write a a a post that we can put up on the website. Yes, I'll with do that the for you. words and the sigil for each of the guys currently on the team. When you get back to me about which Lord of the Rings character Jonas Siegenthaler is. <laughs> and Venus uh, Copley. She will not let you get by without giving her an answer on that, Peter. You know that, right? Hold on a second. I think I know what it is. I think I have it. Hold on. Let me, let me find it here. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, J- Jonas Siegenthaler? Yes. It is Samwise Gamgee. He's carrying Frodo to Mordor right now. Of course you are, Mr. Frodo. And I'm coming with you. No, no, he's actually uh, really good. He's a pretty good Samwise Gamgee. I've I've seen the film once or twice. Just once or twice. (laughs) From Lisa, has anyone asked what the lineup will look like slash should look like post-trade deadline? Seems like Berkey isn't the only one who should be looked at to be traded. Hashtag too many passengers. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I think what we think of as like passengers are a lot of players that are just ice cold right lately. I mean, like as much as I was like dumping on Kuznetsov, it's hard to avoid that he's like shooting like three percent during five on five. That's not on him. I don't think that's just bad luck. I mean, um, like some players are snake bit, and then some of them are like. <sighs> Watching Matt Niskanen is skating through mud every night, and I don't understand. Yeah, uh, and, and Lars Larson. Like, obviously, Matt Maybe is he's hurt. Thing. I think so too. Anyway, like I, I, I would not be surprised if McClellan's really active. Um, like, like more active than we thought. He seems to be not like Rutherford levels of Buckwild at the deadline. <laughs> But uh, no, no, this is the same guy who said, you know, in the year that he picked up Shattenkirk, said we're not going to make any big moves to the deadline. So yeah, yeah. And then this anyway, year I, he's like, we gonna trade some bitches. And the thing is, like, his most subtle move was last year with like Kempney and and Jarebeck and like, I mean, that one, that, that, that Kempney move won a Stanley Cup. Oh yep. yeah, right there. Kempney so. was such a great pickup. Yeah, I I, I don't have any. I, I this is probably one of the things I'm like this in like guessing lineups is like one of my things I'm weakest at. So I have one question in relation to this: Who should the Caps be looking at? Yeah, see, that's the thing. I suck at this. Like, um, like I I know who's really good and young. What's his name? Andreas Aptanzu. Aptanasio. Uh, He's amazing. But there's going to be 20 teams looking at him, or, or 15. So realistically, for the Washington Capitals, but given our cap constraints, you know. I mean, who's selling? Anaheim's going to sell. Do you uh, think Anaheim is done selling? Yes. Ottawa's, no, 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 no. They're not done. In fact, I would be surprised if they. Anaheim's literally losing right now to uh, Toronto five to one. The thing is, yikes! They, they should have been in this boat in November, but Gibson was so good. Yeah. See, he was good. When I said he was good, he was good. <laughs> I keep yeah, giving. As soon as you say yeah. he's good, he gets terrible. I keep giving Andy <laughs> shit about this because we saw. I went with Jarka, and we saw the Devils play the Ducks, and the Devils would have won that game if it hadn't been for. 
Gibson. And I was like, this motherfucking goalie picked the worst time to decide to be a good goalie. And Amy's like, but he's in the Vezina conversation. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Unless, unless all that good at the beginning of the season averages no out with way. the bad and still stays no good. Way. Thomas Grice is going to get it. That's my bet right now. Really? Yeah. Well, now we have it recorded for posterity. I'll be wrong, but this is my guess at this moment. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I think about who we would look at in a trade. Oh, who else are sellers? Ottawa. Yeah, yeah, and um, like I guess like Stone. Are they gonna? I don't know. I don't know. I've I, definitely heard Duchesne's name in the mix, which it's like they're so and so. Like they talk. Like somebody pulled him aside and talked to him today, and his his agent is in town to talk contracts and like. Mm, that's just that dude yeah. is locker room poison, though. I don't think you're wrong. I like, and it was, he made a horrible horrible decision going to, to Ottawa in the well, first place. he made a horrible decision running his mouth and being like, I want to play for a team that has a chance at the playoffs. Anybody who says that is jinxing themselves. And, and well, you can say that, just don't go to fucking Ottawa. Right? Ooh, Ask Jeff, somebody. Jeff Carter, not on the bench for third period versus New York Rangers, has a lower body injury. So remember that for when we're playing the Kings later this week. Mm-hmm. No, early next week. Is it next a week? A week from today. Oh. Yeah fucking know anymore time is a time is a fake construct and a flat circle <laughs> next question yes. um from 2014 clary on twitter please ask what started pete's love for exploring the raw data for hockey stats and to learn how it makes sense and translates to the common hockey fan hmm. nobody else wanted to do it yeah i mean that's the real answer is no one else wanted to do it well obviously as you know i hate the written word and human emotions <laughs> No, so like I guess it was probably the the they lost to Montreal. I, I I looked at the game. and I was like, the Caps are playing great. Why aren't these pucks going in? And then I I just wanted to understand what the gap was between like effort and luck and how outcomes don't necessarily match up with effort. And I understood that intuitively, but I didn't know how to back that up with like hockey information. And so I've always been I, I work in like technology too, and that is a good like synthesis of the soft liberal arts skills and math and and uh, you know engineering. And I felt like writing the number side of hockey in a way that's geared towards the general audience, which is always what I hoped Rush Machine would be, was a good synthesis of those skills. And I also just thought it was like clarifying for me. It's like a fun intellectual exercise to to write about something that I don't understand. Maybe I understand it or maybe I'm just transparent about what I don't understand and have a conversation about it with people that are similarly interested. There's not a whole lot of places where you can find a group of people that are like, you, you know, like you guys are in this community too. Like, um, uh, And I'm, I'm not speaking about Rush Machine. I'm just speaking about sort of like our cultural hockey community hockey people or and maybe even dc hockey people but, but like there's a lot of really open-hearted people that are thoughtful and gracious with their time and it's I guess a fun way to exchange thoughts and perspectives and it's a good way to keep your brain pumping i don't know so anyway you know, getting the whole octa 2010 and wanting to write something more substantially because just writing like jokes on the site which was i swear to god if you read the site before like 2011 people just thought i was the jokes guy yeah. i don't think anyone thinks i'm the funny person anymore um i think you're the funny person mainly you. because you and i have very similar senses of humor <laughs> uh, well i'll say this Brennan is like 10 times funnier than me. I love Brennan. Bro- <laughs> 
Brennan's um, sense of humor is a lot closer to like mine, so I, I, I am. I'm feeling it too. Anyway, that, that's 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 my that's my that's my answer. I will tell you, Peter, that it is your doing. That a I know how to talk about why plus minus is a shit stat, and b I know how to how to explain Corsi and Fenwick to people who don't know because I've watched your video way back when. That's so the sweetest you, thing. You were I've part of my early hockey education as in becoming the fan I am today. So that's I just thank you. Make sure you knew that. And for listeners, I just want to be clear that I never <laughs> ever use the words Corsi or Fenwick in my statistical writing. Like if you could search Russian machine for Corsi and you probably won't find it in the last three years, except for a joke about like, maybe I'm quoting somebody saying like players can't game their Corsi I, um, just because that, that seems contrary to the goal of writing about hockey statistics for a general audience or doing hockey analysis for general audience, in my opinion. So before we get into our last segment, which is kind of wrapping everything up, our, our Patreon shout outs and everything like that, I want you guys to know, and I want everyone on the podcast to know that Friends of Fort DuPont Ice Arena has just tweeted, our rink has been saved. <gasps> what? Um, the notice says, to all Fort DuPont Ice Arena supporters, we have great news to share. But first, please help us spread the words that people should not go to Tuesday's D.C. City Council meeting because the vote to save Fort DuPont Ice Arena's new rink money has been pulled from the agenda. Instead, Council Chairman Mendelson has scheduled another meeting on February 19th giving our rink team and district officials time to meet, agree on an appropriate new design for our upgraded two-rink facility that is within budget, confirm FDIA's fundraising commitment and schedule, and nail down a schedule to appropriate the needed funds and break ground. And going forward, Fort DuPont's experienced team will have a role in overseeing the project. You did it. Thank you. From the bottom of our hearts, for your unwavering support for our Kids on Ice programs, our mission to bring opportunities to all D.C. neighborhoods, and most importantly, to our kids, past, present, and future. We will send more information after we clear this initial planning period. In the meantime, please thank Chairman Mendelson, Councilmember Gray, and even the mayor for coming together to support a worthy project that will make our city proud and give all children a chance to learn, thrive, and succeed on and off the ice. Warmly, your Fort DuPont Ice Arena family. Yay! That's great. Oh, that's news. so exciting. It's it seems like there's a lot so going awesome. on there beneath the surface that I don't understand, but that's that's great news. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's some politics happening, but in the end, it's saved, and that's what's important. Great. That's that's excellent. There. Um, well, and it sounds like is. some people and some of the right people are actually sticking their necks out for the community. So, hopefully, that's the case. So we have a new segment, which is going to be our Patreon shoutouts, because we did launch our Patreon on Friday, February 1st. Um, We have met three of our four fundraising goals so far. So we super appreciate everyone who has joined our cause on Patreon. That helps us pay our SoundCloud bill, pay our WordPress bill, and make sure we can deliver deliver to you the most ridiculous content humanly possible. One of our incentives is a shout out on either this podcast or our Twitter. So you may have seen today some of our first Twitter shout outs, but we want to give a podcast shout out, first of all, to Karen, our very first Patreon backer. Yay! 
to Sheena. Yo, Sheena. To Sarah. We love you, Sarah. And to Nikki. And to Nikki. We love her, too. Nikki. uh, Badass. Nikki, our reporter on the ground from Nashville, who did not have a good time at that hockey game. No. I don't think anybody wearing red did, or white, in the case of the people on the ice. We love Nikki, but bless her heart, they ended up at the front row of the cell block. Mm, mm, mm. So, literally, there was not a single worse place they could have been sitting in the Nashville arena, as Caps fans. I'm just going to say, as visiting fans. As visiting fans, yeah. I, I told, and I said to her as soon as she came back and she was telling me the story, I said, I told you not to go there as Caps fans. I said, if you're going to go to Nashville, you have to go as a Nashville fan because you do not want them chanting against your team. It's like, go see them play Pittsburgh. Fuck. So next time, Amy and I are going to Hockey Day on the Hill. We are hopefully going to get to see Gritty live and in person. We might even We might even get to meet Gritty. Oh, I don't know what I'd do with myself. I want to put my arms around Gritty. I want to photograph that for posterity. Like I normally, I'm pretty free. Will you squeeze his belly button and make it honk? If he lets me. Okay. Um, we, the Caps are in the middle of a six game homestand and so far they're one and one. So we'll see how that goes. I think what I heard John Walton say on the latest, whatever it was, I heard him say something about if they can get six out of 12 points or not six out of 12, eight out of 12 points in this homestand they'll be in decent shape they've got four extremely winnable games all at home i mean maybe maybe the canucks one's gonna be tough but mm-hmm. the abs they can beat the canucks are currently losing to philadelphia so we'll see now Philadelphia's on a hot streak too though but they're still philadelphia yeah i i i, I the canucks are a one-line team as far as i'm concerned the abs are overperforming or we're overperforming panthers are garbage kings are garbage they they, they can they could go for now are the Panth- they really are the panthers garbage this year i have Yes. Paying any attention to the Panthers? Yeah, they can't. They can't save anything. R.I.P. Luongo. R.I.P. Luongo. He's going to retire this year, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is it. That's the other right. reason why they're talking about Bob going to Florida. I think. Exactly, yeah. But he's he, he they Jarmo will not make. Is that his, his name? The guy from Columbus, the GM. He yeah. won't make that trade. Mm-mm. Also, ne- this cu- upcoming weekend, I'm taking my friend Sam to her very first hockey game. Awesome. Um, I'm taking her up to New Jersey for the Devils versus the, the Hurricanes. So ah. I'm 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 trying to decide if I'm gonna wear my Heritage jersey for the second time or. Uh, Get the Whalers jersey and wear it for the first time. Well, how'd the Heritage jersey do for you last time? The Devils lost. Oh, well then I think a switch up is needed. <laughs> okay, but like, the Devils, the Devils. It can be an anti-jink. It worked for Peter. It did. Wait, so does this mean I should wear the whale or what? Wear the whale. Okay. It's an anti-jinx. Other than that, you can message us on Twitter at PuckerUpPodcast. You can email us at PuckerUpPod at gmail.com. You can visit our website at PuckerUpHockey.com. We do have the Patreon. It is Patreon.com slash PuckerUpPodcast. You can join that. We're really close to reaching our goal for this month. $1 gets you the shout out on the podcast or on the Twitter. We really appreciate anything. Uh, If you even just want to retweet us on Twitter, that's pretty cool too. $5 gets you access to bonus content, like stuff we are definitely cutting from this recording because we've been (laughs) recording for two and a half hours. Oh, Jesus. And then $10 gets you access to our live away game commentary. $15 gets you 
access to our Slack channel. $20 gets you access to our patron movie night, and $35 can get your butt in a seat in Capital One Arena. My extra seat. You'll have to sit next to me. Yeah, you do have to sit with Amy if you go, though. I mean, you don't really. She sells her ticket sometimes, and nobody ever comes and sits with her, so, I mean, you don't <laughs> actually have to sit with Amy. But, like, you can come meet up with us beforehand. We can all have a beer. We can have a good fucking time, people. Come on. As always, if you have any questions, if you have anything you want to hear us talk about, if you have, hey, if you think you've talked to somebody cool in the hockey community that you think we should be talking to, let us know. We may have some other really cool guests coming up. I know we've got one scheduled for March that's pretty cool. So I'm really excited excited about about that one. So thank you, especially to Peter, for coming on and putting up with us and for chatting with us about stats. Yay, Peter. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. I had a blast. And thank you to everyone else for listening. Bye. Bye.